Welcome to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. I'm your host, Yang Pratt, and each week we'll explore ways in which the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. I'll be sharing ways the arts can propel your child's learning and interviewing top artists, educators, and entrepreneurs. These guests will share why the arts are so very important to your child, along with actionable ideas you can easily implement into your already busy schedule. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and share us with a friend. For extra tips on raising smart kids, head on over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the Live tab. Happy Friday, Art Smart Parents, and welcome back to our series on choosing activities for your kids this summer and beyond. Today, we're talking about how to choose a dance school for your kids. Depending on your town, there could be an abundance of activities, or there may be very few. There are a number of factors to consider when choosing a dance school for your kids. And today, we're going to talk about the top seven mistakes to avoid. And while I'll share this list with you, it's by no means exhaustive. It gives you enough information to make informed decisions about where to send your kids for dance classes. The top six mistakes to avoid are location, physical space, staffing, curriculum, performance opportunities, a school's mission and philosophy, and pricing. To kick things off, Mistake number one is letting location dictate your choice of dance schools. As a mom, I can absolutely understand that the convenience of enrolling your kids at the closest location to your home or work seems like the most logical choice. However, it's only one of the factors you want to consider. You may want to dig a little deeper into the school itself using some of the guidelines we'll discuss in today's show. In cities of all sizes, it's not too uncommon for parents to commute great distances to get their kids to dance classes. In very small towns, commuting may be the only option to gain access to the dance classes you're seeking. At my performing arts school, we have a number of students that commute up to one hour each way so their kids can take dance classes which aren't available in their small towns. The interesting thing is that these students often have the best attendance because they really value their time in class and what they're learning. If you think about the commitment it takes to drive to class each week in addition to the time spent in classes, you can begin to see why their attendance is stellar. For some, commuting may not be necessary or even a viable option depending on work schedules, finances, or other family commitments. So do your homework enlist your friends, and check out the schools in your town and start compiling a list of potential options for your child. Mistake number two, not considering the physical space and the flooring. Think about the last time you booked a hotel room. Did you choose a room based on its size, its amenities like a coffee maker or microwave, the bed type, or even the extras like breakfast included? Choosing a dance school is really no different than choosing a hotel room. The facility itself will tell you a lot, especially the floors, and this is one of the factors that is most often overlooked when considering a dance school. As a parent, though, the facilities, especially the flooring, need to be very high on your priority list. 
Just because a school has a large space with smooth-looking floors doesn't necessarily mean those floors are made for dancing. As a dancer, I've danced on numerous surfaces across the world, and trust me, you can absolutely tell the good ones from the bad ones in just a few jumps or rolls. I've walked into lots of schools that look very nice with polished wood floors, but are really nothing more than laminate or linoleum on top of concrete. I've even seen painted concrete floors in dance studios. While concrete is great for sidewalks, it is not meant for movement, and there could be some serious health consequences for your child if the floors are substandard. So what exactly should you look for in a floor? Different types of movement classes may need slightly different types of flooring. However, the ideal type of flooring for any movement, you're going to want to look for something called a floating floor. As the name implies, the floor floats above the subfloor. If the subfloor isn't concrete and is perhaps solid wood, that would absolutely be a great alternative. On top of the floating floor, there should be laid what is known as marley flooring in the theater and dance world. Now a marley floor is a dense vinyl flooring that is tough and durable and rolls that are taped on top of a subfloor or floating floor. And this stuff is absolutely heavy. Our last five rolls weighed over a thousand pounds. Marley floors are designed to prevent slippage and provide an extra layer of cushioning. To put that into perspective, gym floors are usually very sticky to accommodate sports such as basketball when traction is important. For dance, sticky floors can lead to injury. Imagine sticking your foot in chewing gum or tacky glue and then trying to turn on that foot. Not only is this a dangerous proposition, ankles, knees, and hip joints are at risk. Along with the wood or floating floor, the marley absorbs much of the shock of movement, which can help to prevent injuries. So how can you find out about this information? The schools you contact should be very forthcoming about the types of flooring they have. If they aren't and skirt around the issue, you can bet their floors are not up to par. There are even schools out there that don't believe the type of floor is important at all. The reality is that most schools don't spend thousands of dollars that it costs to purchase good flooring. They usually make do with what's already in the building, including carpeting, or substitute cheap floors covered in some sort of sealant to make the floors appear smooth. Trust me, I've seen just about every type of floor imaginable. For dance, you'll of course want to look for mirrors and bars, which are the long wooden or metal apparatus, which can be freestanding or attached to walls that dancers use primarily in ballet. Once you've asked about the flooring at the schools you're interested in, the next step you'll want to do is schedule a personal visit to the school. Here's what I want you to do on your visit. Take note of the feelings you get when you first walk into the school. Does it feel inviting? Do you feel comfortable? Does it look like a place where kids should be? Is the building well-maintained and a place where you'd want to wait for your kids? As a business owner, I'm often surprised at the lack of care exhibited by some business owners that don't maintain their facilities for years and years and years. 
From poorly lit reception areas to dingy walls and chipped paint, these businesses aren't ones that I care to frequent. Why would you send your kids to a place like this every week and pay for the privilege? A professional performing arts school should be well-maintained, safe for the activities being taught, and be a place where you feel comfortable leaving your most valued possessions, your kids. This brings us to mistake number three. Staffing doesn't matter. They're all certified anyway, right? After 15 years, I am still amazed that very few people ask about my staff. While my teachers' backgrounds are as diverse as the styles and genres I teach, they are hired for the qualities they possess and the skills they have to foster the growth in each and every one of our students. Unlike many industries like the automotive or medical fields, dance teachers require no formal training or certification, at least in my home state of Nevada. That means that anyone, including your next-door neighbor that's never taken a single dance class and binge-watches Dance Moms, could open a studio down the road tomorrow. And trust me, I've seen this happen more times than I care to admit. Just like public schools, there are great teachers and there are those that aren't so great. Teachers that are dynamic and truly care about the outcome of the kids, create a positive and caring environment, provide feedback to help them grow, and instill a love of learning are what I look for when hiring my own teachers. On your visit to the schools on your list, observe the interactions between teachers and their students. If you're able to, attend their performances or at the very minimum, view videos online to get a sense of the standard of quality. Professional schools have professional staff that are paid, receive ongoing training, take pride in the work they do, and enjoy seeing the growth of their students and applaud their efforts every step of the way. In addition to teachers, Having staff that can assist you when you need help or have questions is a huge important consideration. If a teacher is coming out of class to answer the phone or talk to everyone, including you, that comes to the door, how is she supposed to teach your child? Mistake number four, not asking about the curriculum and if it's age appropriate. As parents, we send our kids off to school without really knowing much in the way of what our kids are being taught or the type of curriculum that schools use. When choosing a dance school, however, finding out this information is critical as it could mean the difference between your child progressing through documented levels of learning or being taught random skills at random times. Here are some questions to ask. Do the teachers use any sort of curriculum or lesson plans for classes? Are recognized learning materials for classes being used, or are teachers whimsically going week to week and teaching what they feel without regard to your child and his or her outcome? Kids should be learning skills and how to put them together, not just the steps of individual dances. Part of the learning process in dance is learning a new skill and being able to apply it in different situations, such as choreography. If a dancer learns dance after dance, but doesn't learn individual skills or how to properly connect those skills, all he's learned is to copy someone else's movement without really understanding the mechanics 
or the execution. This is like learning lots of new words in a new language, but never learning how to put those words together in a sentence, let alone a paragraph. Choosing a school with a good curriculum will go a long way in making sure that your child is taught the skills and movements that are appropriate to the skill level and the age of your child. And this for me as a mom is hugely important, especially in dance, when the trend is to dress kids and have them move like miniature adults. I don't know about you, but I certainly don't want my seven-year-old or yours taking to the stage in a halter top and booty shorts, shaking her rear, and wearing too much makeup. In past years, when I've taken dancers to competitions, I've walked out of auditoriums with all the dads in attendance because they were too uncomfortable to even watch the dances because of the movement and the costuming. Curriculum and age appropriateness will require some class observation or, at minimum, looking at a school's videos on its website or on sites like YouTube. Mistake number five, not finding out about performance opportunities. While not every student that takes a dance class desires to perform in front of an audience, performances to me are an important piece of learning. They're much like final exams. For my students, performances are often the most eagerly anticipated events of the year. They finally get to show off what they've been working so hard to learn. They get a chance to be proud of all they've accomplished. And parents can be proud, too, knowing that you've chosen the right performing arts school for your kiddos. Performances should be well executed, and students should independently perform what they've learned. Having a teacher in the audience or in the sides of the stage, directing your child's every movement teaches them to become dependent on someone else and does absolutely nothing to bolster their self-confidence. Performances should also look and feel professional, complete with a variety of lighting, good sound, and of course, costumes that complement the dance being performed. And that brings us to our sixth mistake to avoid not finding out if the school's mission and philosophy resonates with you. Every dance school has a unique mission, philosophy, or focus, or as I refer to these qualities, a school's culture. While some schools might have a focus on offering short-term recreational experiences, others may focus on dance competition. It's important to find out if a school's culture will fit your family. At my performing arts school, our mission is helping parents raise smarter kids through the arts. We believe that every child that comes through our doors has superpowers waiting to be unleashed. With the help of parents and using the arts, we can help parents do just that. While we focus on a child's present, we plan for their future and incorporate opportunities for kids to be more by challenging them do more by inspiring them with possibilities, and serve more by stepping up into leadership roles within our school and in our community. As you can see, there are lots of different types of school cultures out there. Your task will be to find the one that you believe will be the most beneficial and fit your child as well as your own values and beliefs. And that leads us to mistake number seven, 
letting price dictate your decision. Now, I've put this topic last, not because I consider it to be the least important, but because I feel that numbers don't always show us the whole picture. What I'm driving at here is that it's easy to say you're going to choose a school with the lowest or highest tuition. More often than not, you'll want to take a closer look at the numbers and compare apples to apples, and not apples to oranges. For example, if one school charges $50 a month for your tuition for a three-year-old and another charges $75, you may ask yourself why. Is one class longer or shorter? Does one meet once per week and the other twice or three times? Does one school include any extras in that price, like class attire, shoes, or other things? Don't let the numbers fool you. Dig a little deeper so you can understand what you're getting for your money. And remember that the cheapest place may save you a few bucks now, but when you consider that the health and safety of your child are at hand, you may want to reconsider. The price of classes should also reflect our second area of consideration, the facilities. I personally am more apt to spend more on classes in a facility that is welcoming, shows pride of ownership, and is consistently being updated and maintained. Just like you can get a cup of coffee at your local convenience store at a really cheap price, it's a far different experience than going into Starbucks to get your favorite coffee drink and drop $5 or more on one cup of coffee. Well, there you have it. My top seven mistakes to avoid when choosing a dance school for your kids. The choice may not be easy and may take a fair amount of time, but rest assured that your choice of schools today can impact your child's tomorrow. Armed with everything we've discussed today, a few phone calls, visits to websites and schools, you'll be prepared to ask the right questions and choose a school that is right for you and your family. If you have any questions about the seven mistakes to avoid when choosing a dance school, you are more than welcome to reach out to me at yong, Y-O-N-G, at elcoarts, E-L-K-O-A-R-T-S dot org. Now go out, start looking for a school for your kiddo, and find the one that fits your family. Before I sign off today, I wanted to say thank you Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast. I hope that the ideas and concepts that we've discussed on the show have impacted your life positively. And I would love to hear about your success stories. I also wanted to give you a gift. I wanted to gift you the first two chapters of my book, Raising a Superhero, How to Unleash Your Child's Eight Superpowers and Propel Learning Through the Arts. Head over to artsmartparenting.com and request your two free chapters today.